Today's reading is Psalm 98. Sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. The Lord has made his salvation known and revealed his righteousness to the nations. He has remembered his love and his faithfulness to Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Burst into jubilant song with music. Make music to the Lord with the harp, with the harp and the sound of singing. With trumpets and the blast of the ram's horn, shout for joy before the Lord the King. Let the sea resound, and everything in it, the world, and all who live in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the mountains sing together for joy. Let them sing before the Lord, for he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples with equity. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you. Thank you so much, uh, Amblin and Elizabeth, for reading the, the, our scripture this morning. Let's go ahead in prayer and before we go to the Word of God, let's pray. Father, we come again and thank you, God, that we can come in this place. Thank you for the grace and your favor in our lives that we can gather as a church, as a family. And we thank you, God, for your strength that's sustaining us to listen to your word and help us, O oh God, and protect me from any error. This is your word, not me. Thank you for sustaining us. And as we open our hearts before you, God, we humble ourselves. And thank you, God, for all the blessings, for all the provision. And as we come to your word, help us to see it and apply in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, here we go. So this, probably this month, maybe some of you will say, oh, it's the best time of the year. Christmas. Yay, Christmas is coming. Now, I'll just make, I'll give you some trivia here. In the Philippines... Some would start put up their Christmas decorations, their Christmas lights, and play carol songs over their radio station as early as October. Yeah, you hear me? What? October? Yeah, even the children, small children, are already doing caroling from house to house. And then people are busy preparing all things to be done, especially for Christmas Eve. And then they're preparing this Christmas Day, they are opening their Christmas gifts, sending Christmas cards, all the designs, sending to their families and relatives here, local or abroad. But we have another thing in the Philippines and when we, we call this traditional uh, worship, like we call it Simbang Gabi, Simba means worship, Gabi is night. So it's a Filipino Christmas tradition. It's a series of nine dawn masses on the, uh, on the days leading up to Christmas. It begins December 16th and ends at the midnight on the 24th of December 
when a midnight mass is held. And after the mass, after the service, people will go out, go to the store as early as the morning, and they will buy their traditional Filipino food. And some, some of them like, have this favorite coffee, their favorite chocolate. And sometimes there are a group of people singing there outside, singing on the street, joy to the world like wow this is so good like you, you you are in the mass you're in the service you have your food you have your coffee and then hearing these people singing wow that's very exciting but let's remove that first let's look at the scripture this morning what this joy looks like as we open a start a new sermon series christ in carols and I'm going to share this morning joy to the world. And let us look at Psalm 98 and let's try to understand what that joy looks like. Now in Psalm 98, you can see and observe that there is something about celebration. They're singing, they're shouting, even mentioning about playing musical instruments, make music with, with harp, with trumpets. And what's the story behind in this passage? Like, why there was a lively and exciting gesture. The psalmist reflects the praises to God who saves this tiny, small nation of Israel. He described it as a victorious act. The psalmist did not explicitly say in the text, but it is interesting that this small nation of Israel as we go back or study their, 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 their history, they were captured. They were slaves by the Gentile nations for so many years. Imagine that, for so many years. But then God did not forget them. He saves them. And look at in verse 2. The Lord has made His salvation known and revealed His righteousness to the nations. Yes, the Lord has made His salvation known. The psalmist acknowledged that this, this salvation could only be found in the Lord and make it known through the lives, in the, in the works in the lives of the people and reveal this righteousness to the nations. It's plural, many nations. They've seen and heard how the Lord saved the nation of Israel. And the psalmist wrote the very beginning, sing to the Lord a new song. Why? For God has done marvelous things. God saved the nation of Israel in so many ways. Where they could see it in their, in their eyes, in their literal eyes. Plagues in Egypt, the splitting of the Red Sea, and they saw different wonders. And this, the nation of Israel like, whoa, look at these miracles. We have a great God. We have a Savior. And they were celebrating because they have a Savior. But even in, in, in prophet Isaiah, in ch uh, chapter 52, uh, verse 10, the Lord will lay bare His holy arm in the sight of all the nations, and all the ends of the earth will see the salvation of our God. In other words, this salvation is not only intended to be seen and to be experienced by one nation, but intended even to the ends of the earth. The question is, what is it for us today? Is still God doing salvation? Yes, God still made His salvation known and revealed His righteousness in the lives of the people around the world. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. 
Be joyful of our Savior, the same God, the same Jesus who could save us today for His love will never fade and He will never change and He remain faithful. Look at in verse 3 in your Bible. He has remembered His love and His faithfulness to Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. And if God remembered His love and His faithfulness to the nation of Israel, how much more today, how much more at this very moment, how can we be joyful of our Savior? That's the question here. How can I be joyful of Jesus? Now look at carefully what is joy really looks. Happiness and joy is not the same. Happiness is just a surface, temporary. But wild joy is some kind of a deep and will remain steady even if it is shaken. You are happy because it's your birthday. You are happy because you receive something good. Someone greets you in the, on the street. Someone send you a nice message and you're so happy. But if we receive the opposite, we are not happy anymore. It changes our attitude. It changes our mood. It changes our treatment to other people. Joy is different. And we cannot just find that to something. We cannot find joy in our gadget. We cannot find joy in our money. We cannot find joy to something or someone else in this world. Remember in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. But the fruit of the Holy Spirit is love next, joy. Joy is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. It is a byproduct of our walk with Jesus. We should be reminded that God saves us completely, not partially, not half, not just 50%, not 10%, but He saves you and me. He saves us whole, as a whole, as a, as a complete. He came in this world as a 100% human being, to redeem us as a human being, body, soul, and spirit. He came here to offer His precious relationship so that we can abide in Him to reconcile our lost re relationship to our Savior. And He gave us the Holy Spirit that dwell in our hearts to live us, grow in our faith, to convict us, and to teach us through His words so that we are ready to face all the challenges in life. You are here sitting down, listening to this Word of God, because after you hear, when we go out, there's so many challenges in life. And if we are not ready to do that, if we are not ready to face it, we will just turn by our back and say the same thing. Nothing has changed. It is the anchor of our soul to remain in Him. And because we are still in this broken and dark world, we cannot avoid persecutions. We cannot escape from all suffering and pain in this life. We feel depressed. We feel tired. I'm so tired. I, I don't know what's going on with my life. We can't deny also that we worried in so many things. Even Jesus commanded us not to worry what to eat, not to worry what to wear, not to worry about tomorrow. But we are here because we want to praise God because we can still come and praise Him who saves us from hell, who saves us from the eternal 
eternal condemnation. We could still look and fix our eyes unto Jesus. We could still sing and lift up our voice to praise His name. We could still come and pray. We could still be in the church, be in the fellowship, despite of all the bad things around us. We continue to serve and move on, move on, because I have this joy in Jesus Christ. My worship to Jesus, my worship to God will never change. No matter what will happen, because I know I have a Savior, I have Jesus, I have a great God. And you will know that there is joy in our hearts. You will sense that you have a joy in our hearts because whatever unexpected, unexpected problems, circumstances on our way, we still respond to God's Word. We have the desire to open up His Scriptures and allow His Word to speak to us, to realign our crookedness, our sinfulness to His righteousness, and we keep holding to His promises. Yeah, maybe some of you here are wondering like, yes, I'm trusting the Lord, but He's not answering my prayer. I think He's not listening to me or even understanding my pain right now. My brothers and sisters, that's the problem because it's easy for us to focus on ourselves, to hold on to our pain, to grip that hurt that I felt right now, Focusing to the bad things, but having joy in the Lord is the opposite way. Even though I am in a very unlikely situation right now, I prefer to look to God and worship Him. Look at verse 6b. Shout for joy before the Lord. The King, He is the King. He is above everything. He ordains all things. He rules. He is above all our plans and desires. In other words, shout for joy before the king. Either he has done great things in our lives or not. Even he answered my prayer or not. We still come and worship the king. He still deserves to be praised and honored for we are nothing without him. Paul speaks of his joy in the midst of affliction. As I quote in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 4, an ESV translation, in all our affliction, I am overflowing with joy. I will repeat that. In all, in all our affliction, I am overflowing, overflowing with joy. My brothers and sisters in Christ, be joyful of our Savior. And I remember when I was in my last year of my university, I was so excited. Yay, I'm going to finish. I'm going to graduate. I had this sweet conversation with my mom, and she asked me, what kind of food will I prepare to celebrate your graduation? And I told her the food. This is what you have. This is what I eat. And I want a roasted pig. We call it lechon. And you have that lechon or a roasted pig in your house. Man, a lot of people will come. It's a celebration. There's something going, a celebration inside that house. And like, we're so excited and we're, we're excited to our plans. And one day, she was so ill. And to make the story short, my mom didn't make it to my graduation. I was just standing by myself. All my classmates are with her, their parents left and right. I'm just there standing and my dad is so busy in the ministry. And like, oh dear, okay, just, just, just continue. 
all our plans did not make it. And I was so sad. I'm so sad as like my, my name was my name called on the stage. I'm so sad. Like I'm not happy receiving my diploma. Like my parents are not here. But knowing that my mom is with God, she's now in the presence of our Savior. It did not stop me to walk with Jesus. Instead, the more I put my trust in him. Yes, it was a very difficult situation. I have so many questions that, I, that could lead me to bitterness. I will be a, better, a bitter person. I will just turn back against God and ask a lot of questions. Why my mom? Why she loves you, Lord. She's a good mother to us. She prays for us. She opened her Bible. But why her? And as the days go on, go on I just realize I am holding too much in this pain, which I do not have the solution. Instead, I bring it to the Lord, for it is not my will, but yours. I ask the Lord to help me to rise up again, to continue the things that He wants me to do for His glory. It doesn't mean that we need to smile and laugh at all times. Even in the midst of crisis, yes, we cry, we have silent tears. Maybe we can pretend in the face of people, I'm smiling, but when we go back home, we the same, we go back to our default, like I'm crying, I'm sad, I'm not happy. I'm so disappointed. We have so many discouragement, but we could still worship and sing praise to God. We turn to Him and sing to the Lord a new song because one day, one day, everything will be restored to what God has intended. You heard me clearly. One day, God will restore and He will judge this world. Be joyful of the coming Savior, coming judge rather. Look at in verse 7. Let the sea resound and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the mountains sing together for joy. Let them sing before the Lord, for He comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples with equity. It is not my word. It is not my opinion. It's not my suggestion. It is God's word. And you've read it in verse 9. He will judge the world in righteousness and the people with equity. Yes, Jesus came as a little baby, born in a manger, searched by the wise men, worshipped by the shepherds 2,000 years ago, and now psalmist said he will come as a righteous judge. But before we dig into that part, let's backward a little bit. Let's go back to verse 7 and 8. Let the sea resound. Let the rivers clap. Let the mountains sing together for joy. Wait, what is the connection of the sea, the rivers, the mountains to judge the world? And seeing it clearly in verse 9, let them sing. Let them sing before the Lord, for He comes to judge the earth. And judgment is not an exciting event. We are scared. We don't know what will happen. But the psalmist describes even the natures are waiting on that day, meaning there is a restoration of the creation and the people to reestablish His kingdom over the created world in righteousness and in equity. As I quote in Romans chapter 8, Verses 19 to 12, For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, 
but because of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. Yes, the whole creation is bondage to its corruption. We live in a fallen world. Why? For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And because of that, we rebelled against God. We did not take care of His creation. We abused and destroyed for our own personal gain. That's why in verse 9, For He comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world and the people, not based from the human standard, not based on the worldly standard, but He will judge based in His righteousness based on the standard of God. And maybe you, when you go for a hiking or something, like you try like standing on the seashore, like standing and hearing those waves, and you're just feeling that you're in your, on your feet, like you're feeling this, uh, the, the, this, this water like coming back and forth. Like, whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. And you're hearing also when you go to a river, man, the Philippines have so, so much rivers there. Hearing this rushing rivers like you are in a big stadium and like you are, when you close your eyes, like you are in a big stadium and people are clapping. It's so, you hear just that rushing rivers. And when you look at those beautiful mountains covered with thick granary trees and plants and when the wind blows, you will hear these leaves branches cracking and their waves they're waving they're like singing even natures are worshiping their creator i'm not so sure if you heard or read this article from frontiers in that org and as i quote with a global lockdown nature seems to hit the reset button reclaiming the spaces to heal itself as the anthropogenic activities have slowed down. The air, the noise pollution decrease. We could see some animals on the street allowing birds and wildlife to flourish and enjoy all the freedom of the nature. Maybe you can see in YouTube or Facebook like all those animals are walking on the streets. And I saw this uh, documentary, like a lot of wild pigs, like, uh, like they're, they're, they're walking on the streets, like in the middle of the city, like, wow, because people are, it's empty. People are locked down. People are, are not there. It's, they have the freedom. The psalmist wrote that even the natures will sing before the Lord as to judge the earth. It is a picture that Jesus will return and reign again in perfection with His glory. And for us knowing that He will judge us one day, we do not know when. When is the judgment? We don't know. Nobody knows. But we should not be afraid. Instead, we are looking forward on that day that everything will be restored according to its original design. Everything will be restored according to its original beauty, according to its purpose. If this nature, if this nature, the, 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 the mountains, the seas, the, the, the rivers are longing to praise God, how about us? You and me are created according to His image. We should be joyful for He is our perfect judge. Maybe you are thinking of a different judgment, but do not be scared about His judgment. 
There's always a second chance. It is never too late to come and worship Him. He is willing to receive and forgive us. If God remember His love to the nation of Israel, the same thing that He's going to do for you and me. Remember John 3.16, For God so loved the world, the world, it's you and me. People are counting how many days left before Christmas Day and the feeling the excitement are getting intense. Like, I'm so excited. Oh, how many days left? We have four days. So Christmas is coming. Preparing the day to celebrate Christmas. And that would be the same excitement, the same attitude to anticipate while we are waiting for His coming. And as a church, while we're waiting on His coming, we have so many opportunities and chances to share good news. We should not miss this chance right now. While we have the time, we have the freedom to reach out one another, to encourage those who are brokenhearted, pray and offer help to those who are in need. This season of Christmas is not about me, myself, and I. It is about how can I bless the people around me? How can I pray for them? How can I bring the message of joy to other people? It is interesting that the opposite of love is not hatred. This world is full of hate because the opposite of love is selfishness. We cannot love others. We cannot bring that joy to others if we are just holding to our own self. We couldn't be joyful in our situation because we are too focused to our own good. Instead, look beyond. And if you know, we have already announced um, yeah, this coming 17th of December, there are a group of people from the church will go to Lingoy Drug Center. It's our first time to go in that place. And we just want to bring that simple message, especially to these patients, that we are there, we're going to pray for them. We want them to feel the season of Christmas, that there is hope in this world, that there's someone who's listening to them, someone is taking care of them. I will be joyful because I have a Savior and a righteous judge. And his name is Jesus. And this will not just for myself. I will not just keep this for myself. I need to share this to the next person, to my colleague, to my relatives, to my friends and neighbor. And few more days, year 2021 is almost over. And I encourage you, my brother and sister in Christ, let us not close our heart. Let us not harden our hearts. As the song goes, joy to the world. The Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room. Prepare your hearts, most of all. Give Jesus a room in your heart. Allow him to come and dwell in our hearts and for sure, and I believe, he will give you that joy. Once again, be filled with joy that comes from the Lord, joy that we can hold on until he comes and we can find that joy in Christ Jesus alone. Joy to the world. In the count of three, join with me. We're going to say together, joy to the Lord. Are you ready? One, two, three, joy to the world. Let's pray. Father, we come to you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for Psalm 98. Thank you for reminding us again. We may forget who you are. 
Maybe we're just focusing to our need. We're focusing to what we feel good. But thank you for saving us. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. Thank you for sustaining us, holding us, despite of all the bad things around us. You are there. You remain faithful and good in every one of us. Lord, we continue to humble ourselves and help us to look beyond that we can be a message of joy to other people. Lord, we worship you. We come to you. We adore you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.